Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, we're going to start there this morning. We're going to be two different places, Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, and we're seeing the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the, the Savior. He is the King. He is the one who gives eternal life to all who believe. It's, of course, Christmas. We celebrate the birth of the baby born in Bethlehem, who is our Savior. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to see really two different things. We're going to see angels coming to give messages. One is coming to Mary, and then one is coming to the shepherds, or some are coming to the shepherds. How did Mary and the shepherds respond to these great truths? And we're going to see something, because when we look at it, the angels have to say to to them to fear not. Well, what's going on, and why are they afraid, and what exactly is happening? And so we're going to see it as we go through. Now, before we get to our passage, I thought it might be fun that we'd have a little Christmas quiz, so you'd think about what you know about the story. Okay, so I'm going to ask a question, and I'll just give you just a second to think about it, then I'll give you the answer. So here's question number one. What was the name of the angel who appeared to both Mary and Joseph? We say, well, Gabriel. Well, we know Gabriel is the one that appeared to Mary. We don't know the name of the angel that appeared to Joseph. It doesn't say. It just says an angel came to Joseph in a dream. Second question is, what town was Jesus born in? Bethlehem, it was. It was Bethlehem. Beth, Lahem, Lahem is the Hebrew by it, which means house. Lahem means bread. It means the house of bread. That was the hometown of King David. What is a manger? It's a, what is it? Feed trough, exactly right. See, I grew up thinking that a manger, because I didn't know the Bible or anything, I thought a manger was that little house thing. And, and, and then I realized as I started actually growing and studying the Bible that, that the manger was a feed trough. They put Jesus down in that. Who came to see Jesus the night of his birth? The shepherds did, right? A lot of people think the wise men came. A lot of people think that there were the shepherds and the animals and Mary and Joseph and Jesus and the wise men, but the shepherds were the one that came that night. What led the wise men to Jesus? A star, exactly, the star in the east. How many wise men were there? Do we know? Well, tradition says there were three, but we have no idea how many there were. I think there were many more than three. When, when you read in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 2, when the wise men came to Jerusalem, it said when they came in, the entire sturdy, uh, city was in an uproar. I don't think three men on camels coming in are going to uproar the city. I think it was a large caravan coming in. Where was Jesus when the wise men found him? Where was he? He, he, he was in a house. Exactly, He was in a house. I want you to understand that the night Jesus was born, the word that is used of the, of the baby Jesus is the word brethos in Greek, which means an infant, means a baby. It means a baby in the womb or it means a newborn baby. When the wise men got to Jesus, it was been about two years later, they find him in a house, and the word used there is a different Greek word, and it means a little boy. And so as best we can tell, according to what we see from, Luke, from uh, Matthew chapter 2, that it's probably two years before the wise men got there. Where did uh, Joseph and Mary go after the wise men left? They went to Egypt because the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, leave as quickly as possible, go to Egypt, because uh, the one is going to try to kill the baby. And of course, that was Herod. He was an evil king, and he killed all the boy babies two years old and under. Well, that's a little quiz. As we get ready, we want to, we're going to be thinking about angels coming to Mary, or an angel coming to Mary, and angels coming to the shepherds. And we're going to see that they were afraid, and we'll talk about what they were afraid of and why, and, and why we don't have to be afraid of anything. You know, fear it's a powerful force. It's powerful in our lives. When people think about fear, there's fear of punishment, there's fear of failure. 
failure. There's fear that we're going to be found out. There's fear of not being accepted. There's the fear of going to hell. I actually talked to somebody not, not too long ago that said they were afraid that they might go to hell, you know, and, and, and then there's also the fear of just whatever circumstances we might be in. Did you know that uh, there are over 360 places in the Bible in which God or somebody tells somebody else, stop being afraid, don't be afraid? I remember the first time I ever did a wedding, I was so afraid. I was, a, I, you know, I had everything written down, I had my Bible, had the names of the people, everything I was going to say, I had the exact names because I didn't want to get up there. I was so afraid I'd get up there and I'd forget the names or I'd say something wrong. And, and you know, you saw all these people and dressed up and everything's fancy. And I remember that first wedding, I was really scared. My first funeral was was not very fun. It was it was a really sad occasion. A person had actually killed themselves, and a, and a person I didn't even know came to me and said, "Would you do the funeral for my wife? She just killed herself." And I went, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do that." But I was I was really afraid there. I, I read a story of a man. This is true. He was a pastor, and he got a call to do a funeral. And he, he really didn't even check with the family or anything. He just showed up at the funeral home the day of it, and he got up, and he did the whole service, and he, and he gave the wrong name the whole time. It wasn't even the right name. And so I think a lesson to be learned is if you're going to do a funeral, at least meet with the family and see if you can get the name right. That's probably a, a good idea. Well, we, when we, we've all been afraid at certain times in our lives, but uh, most likely most of us probably have never been afraid because of an angel. But this morning, we're going to see that there's fear, both the fear of both Mary and the shepherds as angels appear to them. Angels are very powerful beings. If an angel appeared in this room right now, if we could see one. Now, let me say this. There are probably angels in this room all over the place, both good angels and bad angels. They're everywhere. They're invisible, and unless that somehow God has them appear. And if that one of the angels appeared, I imagine we'd all be afraid. We'd probably bow down. They're very powerful beings. We know from history in, in the Bible that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. So they're very powerful beings. If an angel appeared in here right now, probably we would all be afraid. But this morning, we're going to see angels come to people, and the angels say, don't be afraid. So we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the angel comes to Mary, basically fear not because there's a Savior. This is what we're talking about. And then the angels come to the shepherds and say, fear not because there is a message. And so let's look at it. We'll go fairly quickly through this. It's a very familiar story. You know it all, and and you've read it so many times, uh, but it's so beautiful. So we want to look at it. Let's say the angel comes to Mary, basically says, fear not, because there is a Savior coming. So let's look at it. Look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Now, a lot of times people just read it, it says in the sixth month, and they keep reading. Sixth month of what? Well, if you read Luke chapter 1, you realize that there's a woman by the name of Elizabeth, and she's a relative of Mary, and she is told that she's going to have a baby, and her husband was told, and this baby's going to be the forerunner of the Messiah. We call him John the Baptist. Well, it's about the sixth month of her pregnancy. So it says, now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Now, let me just tell you this. Nazareth is a very small town. If Jesus had not basically grown up in Nazareth, we would probably have never even heard of the town. It's not a famous town. It's not like Jerusalem. It's not like Tel Aviv. It's not like Mount Carmel. It's not uh, like Jericho. It's none of those. It's just not a very famous town. And so it says here that an angel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Okay? So angel's going to come. And look what it says. The sent to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, other descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Do you notice that two different times in the verse that... The writer Luke says it's a virgin. 
It's a virgin because this is going to go back to the prophecy that a virgin would bring forth a child. So he wants the, us to understand that this woman, this girl, is a virgin. So a virgin to a virgin who was engaged to a man whose name is Joseph, and he was a descendant of King David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And watch what happens. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. So when the angel came in, it just it probably just appeared. She, no telling where she is. She may be at her home, which her home at that time would probably be her father's home. I mean, that she's, women, uh, young girls did not go live somewhere. They didn't get an apartment when they graduated from high school, okay? They grew up in, and they were under the authority of their father until they married, and then that's when they moved out. So she's most likely in her father's home, in their home, and an angel appears to her. And he says, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Well, notice it says favored one. And the word there for favored one actually means gift. It means grace. So he's basically saying, greetings, the one of grace. You're being shown the grace of God. You are the gracious one. And look what he goes on to say. She was very perplexed at this statement. I mean, she didn't know what to think, and she kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Here's this being that is a very powerful being that she's afraid of, appears and says, greetings, favored one. You're favored of God. Basically, the Lord is with you. And so it's like, wow, this powerful being is here, and this being is telling me that I'm favored of God. And then look what it goes on down and says in verse 30, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And uh, let me go back. It says, don't be afraid. It literally in the Greek, it actually says, stop being afraid. So he tells her, stop being afraid. Why? Because you have found favor with God. And what he's going to tell her is there's a Messiah coming. There is a Savior coming. That baby that you're going to, you're going to have a baby and that baby is the Messiah and Savior. He says, you don't have to be afraid. You found grace in God's eyes. And there's a great truth for us. We don't have to be afraid. Why? Because we found favor with God. It is God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves us. Listen, we don't have to be afraid. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We're supposed to be separated from God. And yet we don't have to be afraid because we have found favor with God. It is God who so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. And so he tells Mary, he says, Mary, don't, you don't have to be afraid. Stop being afraid. You have found favor with God. And so he says, you don't have to be afraid. And then he's going to give her information. Let me read it for you. Look what it says in verse 31. He says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So it tells him three different things. It says, first of all, you're going to have a son, you're going to have a little boy, and you're going to name him Jesus. Now, the name Jesus is the name in the Old Testament, Yeshua, Joshua, which means Savior. And so to name him Jesus is to name him Savior. It says, you're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. And then it says, he will be great. And then he says, he will be the son of the Most High. That means he's the son of God. So Mary is told that you're going to have a little boy named Jesus, but he's not going to just be some little boy. He's actually going to be the son of God. Now, let me just tell you this. The best we can understand Mary could be as young as 14. She could be as old as 18 or 19. Most likely, she's somewhere in between there, and most likely, she's 14, 15, or 16. She's young. And 
you're, you're a 14, 15-year-old girl and a being appears to you that is very powerful and scares you to death and has told you you're going to have a baby and the baby is going to be the son of God and the baby is going to be the king. Like he's going to rule forever. It says he will take the throne of his father David. He's going to be a descendant of King David and he'll rule the throne and he will rule it and his kingdom will have no end. You know what he just told her? You're going to bring the Messiah, the son of God, into the world who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. What a message to a young girl. Can you just picture that happening to you? What would you say? What would you think? She's a poor girl. She's betrothed to be married. She has no social status. She's not famous. She's unknown. And the Mary, and Mary is told, you will have a son who will be the king of Israel. This poor girl will be the mother of the king of Israel. And not just any king, but a king who rules forever. She is going to be the mother of the son of God. He says, don't be afraid. You have found favor. Well, how can this be? How can a poor woman, barely making it, have a son who would be the king of Israel, and not only that, a Messiah, and not only that, she's a virgin. How's she going to have a baby? How how are you going to have a son, which is the Messiah, which is the king, which is God? And she... She's thinking that. How can this possibly be? In verse 34, Mary says to the angel, well, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Since I'm a virgin? Listen, I don't, she's not doubting like, I don't think this is going to happen. I think she's saying, how is this going to happen? I mean, I'm open to it. I just, I don't know how it's going to happen. She says, how can this be since I am a virgin? This is an impossible situation, right? And a lot of times we look at things and we go, well, that's impossible, And all things are possible with God. Look what he goes on to say. The angels answered and said to her, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And he says, uh, you're not going to understand this, but the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and somehow the holy God, the power, the most high God will overshadow you, and the baby that you have is actually the Son of God. The baby would be the Son of God. When we we deal with circumstances that are beyond us, let let me just say this. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is what? Death. And so if we say, well, you know, I'm supposed to die, so how am I going to fix this thing? Okay, I'm going to try to be as good as I can be. I'm like going to join a church. I'm going to try to keep the Ten Commandments. I'm going to be good. All these things. Well, the way that the the righteousness of man is what? Filthy rags. We can't do it. It is impossible for us to save ourselves. It's impossible. But what is impossible with men is possible with God because God so loved the world, he gave the Son to come to the world to be the Savior, and whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. Look what the angel says when she says, I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. And he says, the Most High will overshadow you, and for this reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And look down at verse 37. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. God will bring about his plan. Now, Mary, he says, don't stop being afraid. You found favor with God. God is bringing the Savior through you. 
For us, we don't have to be afraid. We have found favor with God. God so loved the world that he gave this son into the world to die for us, pay for our sins, and rise again, and to give to us the gift of eternal life. It's all by grace. In the same way this was the grace of God, our salvation is the grace of God. Titus 2.11 says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Ephesians 2.8.9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Over and over again, it is the grace of God. And so I wanted to stop and think that we don't have to be afraid because God, in his love for us, has sent a child into the world who became, of course, what we would say is Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Savior, the one who died and rose again, the one who gives us eternal life. It's all of grace. Look what she said in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. She's saying, I'm the servant of the Lord. Behold, whatever. May it be done to me according to your word. In other words, let it happen just as you say. And the angel departed from her. The angel departed from her. She believed. She believed the message. And so, Mary, you don't have to be afraid. You've got favor with God. The Savior is coming, and she believed. We don't have to be afraid. We have favor with God. The Savior has come and died and rose again for us. And when we believe, we have eternal life. Wow. So that's great. Well, there's one more. There's one more. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to see the second thing, where the angels come to the shepherds, and once again, the message is, don't be afraid, because fear not, because we've got a message to proclaim. It's very, very powerful. Let's look at it. Uh, In uh, Luke chapter 2, let's begin at verse 1. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited words. Now, the reason Augustus wanted to have a census is he wanted to count everybody so he could get more taxes. And this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now, what they said is you got to go back to your hometown because that's where the records were. The records were kept when people were born in the towns they were born in. The records were kept there. They also were kept, many of the records were kept in the temple area. And so everybody had to go back. Now, Mary and Joseph, the one that's gonna, that has this baby coming, they're living in Nazareth, which is in the northern part of Israel, and they've got to go all the way back because Joseph and Mary both are descendants of David. And so they've got to go to Bethlehem, the house of bread, which is where uh, David grew up, and that's where they've got to go back to. And they, they had to go back to be taxed. Notice verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, that's in the northern part of Israel, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, that's in the southern part of Israel, because he was of the house and the family of David in order. Why did he do that? In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. So here they are, they're going, and they leave Nazareth in the northern part, and they go to the southern part, which is Bethlehem, which is much famous, much more famous city. If you said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's what people said, because Nazareth was nothing. But Bethlehem, Bethlehem's famous because King David was from Bethlehem. Well, we know that, that uh, they're on their way. They're, they know that there's a Messiah and a Savior coming, and they know that this baby is the Messiah and the Savior. Well, think about it. They, they get there, and it says, while, while they were there, the, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, why wasn't there any room? Did they get, like, to the Holiday Inn and it was just closed? No. 
you got to remember that they weren't inns like we look at inns. And when they went back to Bethlehem, I'm sure they had relatives there because they grew up. I mean, they're from there. Well, when they got there, since everybody has got to go back to their original hometowns, the city, uh, the, the little town of Bethlehem, I am sure, was full up. And by the time they got there, even the relatives they might have known, there was no room there. They might have gone to an inn, and an inn was not a nice place to go, but it might have a place to spend the night. They went there. There wasn't anything because it says there was no room in the inn. And apparently they went outside and found a place where there were animals, maybe a little shed or something, and they, that's where they stayed, and the baby was born. And while they were there, the days were completed to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a feed trough. A manger is a feed trough. And because there was no room for them in the end, well, the baby has come. The promised Messiah has come. The one told to her, don't be afraid, Mary, because you found favor with God. You're going to bring forth the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. There he is. Now watch, there's more, because the angels are going to come to the shepherds. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. Now there they are, they're keeping watch. What were they doing? And by the way, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem was about eight, eight to nine miles. And most likely, they were in between Jerusalem and Bethlehem, and they had these sheep, and, and they're, they're watching them. Some people say, why they got their sheep out there? Why are they watching them at night? Well, if you remember, in Jerusalem was the temple, and that was where they offered the sacrifices. So these, these people were raising these sheep to be sacrificed in the temple because they would take them sheep to the temple, and people would buy them to, to use them for sacrifice. So they're keeping watch over their flock at night. And look what happens. And an angel of the Lord suddenly, <clears throat> suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terribly frightened. See, an angel appeared. Can you imagine? It's not. It's dark. There's not lights. There's not street lights. There's not anything like that. They're just out, just the stars and everything. And suddenly, there's this being. And most likely, the angel appeared in some way of standing in front of them. And a lot of times, we think he was in the air, but he talks about standing here in a second. And and so here's this being, and it scares them to death. It says the angel stood before them in the glory of the Lord. It was probably light and shone round about them, and they were terribly afraid. Remember how powerful these beings are? Now watch what the angel says in verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. He said, don't be afraid. In fact, literally, it's the same exact words told to Mary, stop being afraid. Now, they're afraid, but look what he's going to tell them. I've got a message for you. He says, stop being afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. I love this part because when we see this, there's three things there. There's good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Let's think about this message. He's saying you don't have to be afraid because you've got a message. You've got a message that's good news. You've got a message that brings joy. You've got a message for all people. Let's think about it. It is a good news message. See, we live in a world right now that there's not a whole lot of good news. Everybody's talking about, well, this is bad, well, this is bad, well, this disease is bad, and this is bad. We don't know what's going to happen over here, what's going to happen to the economy, what's going to happen there, and what's happening about over there. And if you're all worried about everything, we got good news. In fact, let me tell you something. You got a message. You got a message that when we walk out this door, it's good news. It's not a sad message. It's not a bad message. It's not a message of fear. It is a message of good news. Look what it is. He said they realize there is a Savior born. There is the Messiah. There is the Savior. Good news, which brings great joy. 
not fear. This is not a message of fear or sadness. It is a message of joy. When we walk out these doors, we don't have to be afraid because we're not going to talk to people and tell them how bad it is. We're going to talk to people and say, I've got a message for you that is so good. It should bring great joy. And notice this, it is for all people, not just for some. See, it's not just for the Jews, and it's not just for the rich people, and it wasn't just for the kings, and it wasn't just for the Pharisees, and it wasn't just for the, for the high priesthood. It wasn't just for certain people. It was for all people. He said, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And that's what's so great in the book of Hebrews. It says, Jesus, this one came to taste death for every person. Not some people, but for every person. And he's going to give them the message and look, notice what it is in his verse 11. He says, for today, in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Born is a Savior. That's the message, a Savior. A Savior has come into the world. See, the message, the truth is that God has provided the Savior. This is the one that Mary was told, Mary, you don't have to be afraid because you're going to be the mother of the Messiah and the Savior of the world. And there he is, the Savior, and the angel tells these shepherds that born this day in the city of David is a Savior. The perfect God has provided the way. We don't have to be afraid. You know why? Because we got a great message. Our message, we get to tell people that God so loved the world that he gave his son born in Bethlehem to die and rise again and that whoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. We got a great message. Matthew one twenty one says, you shall call his name Jesus because he shall save his people. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, in the fullness of time, God brought forth a son born of a woman, born under law that he might redeem us. It's powerful, great truth. We have the greatest message of all. The message the Savior has come. We don't have to fear. When we walk out these doors, we don't have to be afraid. We can tell everybody we have a great message. See, sometimes we're like afraid. We're afraid to tell people. We're afraid, we're afraid our neighbor will get mad at us won't talk to us anymore. Or we're afraid some loved one or something won't be mad at us. Or we're afraid we'll offend somebody when we start talking to them about Jesus. We have the greatest message of all, a message of good news that brings great joy to every person. We don't have to be afraid. When you go out, you can say to people, I've got some really good news to share with you. And he says, don't be afraid. Born this day in the city of David is a Savior, Christ the Lord. I love this part right here because he is Christ, that's the anointed one of God, he's Lord, which he is God, and he is the Son of God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God has given to the world a Savior. We don't have to be afraid. When we go out with this message, we don't have to be afraid. We're given the greatest message of all. Well, watch what happened. You could see the shepherds going, is it, this is true? Where's the baby? And so the angel says in verse 12, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger, lying in a feed trough. This is how you'll find the baby. Angels give a sign. The angels say the baby will be in a manger, in a feed trough. Now, this is, there, there are all kind of people there. They're just everywhere. And for them to leave the sheep and to go into the, to the little town of Bethlehem to find him, they're going to say, how are we going to find him? I said, this baby, you're going to find a brand new baby, and the baby will be in a feed trough. And then suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. These, a bunch of angels come, a multitude of angels come. Listen, if you read the scripture, do you know how many angels there are? 
I mean, if there's a place in Revelation that says around the throne there were myriad and myriad and myriad and myriads of angels, and they're meaning thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. There are millions of angels. Can't even think about counting how many angels there are. And this multitude of angels, can you imagine? I bet they lit up the sky. And uh, it was just amazing. Now, we all say that they sang, you know, first Noel, that the angels did sing. But it doesn't say they sang. It says they, they spoke. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men <coughs> in whom he is well pleased. Well, the angels leave. Look, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that just happened, which the Lord has made to us. Well, what's their response? They're going to say, look, we believe it. So let's go find it. So they do. Verse 16, they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the feed trough, the manger. And when they seen this, they made known the statements which had been told to them about the child. They said, an angel appeared to us and told us this is the Messiah and the Savior, that he is the Savior of the world. Good news, great joy to all people. Born this day is a Savior. All who heard it wondered at the things told to them by the shepherds. They go, really, what are you? Because there were more people there. By, by, there were more than just Joseph and Mary. Other people probably came. In fact, probably word got out, there's a brand new baby out outside. And people said, let's go see the baby. And there were other people. And when the shepherds came, they said, this is the message. But Mary, when she heard this, Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, she knew what was going on. Because she knew that that baby is the savior of the world. The shepherds then, what, what did they do? The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. Listen, they went back and told people. See, they're not afraid. They have a message of good news, great joy to all people. We don't have to be afraid. We, ha we have a message to proclaim. It is a good news message. It's called the gospel. It brings great joy to all people because it's the, it's the salvation message. The Messiah has come. The salvation message, salvation is in a person. It is the person of Jesus Christ. The one born in Bethlehem is the Savior of the world. The Savior has come, and by faith alone in Christ alone, we have eternal life through that baby who is Jesus who died and rose again for us. And so what have we seen? We've seen that Mary said to Mary, don't fear, Mary. You found favor with God. Messiah is coming. And she believed. We don't have to be afraid. We have found favor with God. The Messiah has already come. God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus. And when we believe, we have eternal life. For the shepherds, it says, don't be afraid. Why? Because you have a message to tell. It is a message of good news, of great joy to all people. The Savior has come, and we don't have to be afraid. We have a message to proclaim. At this Christmas season, don't be afraid to tell people the good news. You've got the greatest message that's ever been, that the Messiah has come, Jesus is the Savior, whoever believes in him will never perish, but have eternal life. We get to tell people that message. And it's a good news message which brings joy for all people. We get to do it. We don't have to be afraid. So with that in mind, let me give you some applications. The first, let's trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. And as I look at this room, I know just about everybody. So I know that most of you in this room, you, in fact, I hope every one of you in this room, you have already trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. But there might be people looking on Facebook and, and they've never understood this. Listen, Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem and he indeed is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the perfect Lamb of God. And Jesus grew up, died on the cross to pay for our sins, and rose again conquering death. He indeed is the eternal Son of God who is the Savior. And whoever believes in Him, if you will trust in Him, He gives to you eternal life. So there may be somebody watching right where you're sitting, right where you are. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ 
as your Savior, you can trust in Him to give you eternal life. That's the offer. He is the Savior. That's good news. Great joy to all people. See, we can trust Christ. The second application is let's proclaim the good news message of Christ. Let's tell people the good news which brings great joy to all people. The one born in Bethlehem is the Savior of the world. And so as we go out from here and as we think about Christmas and we think about our Christmas Eve service and then Christmas Day and everything all leading up to that, you may have many opportunities. And you can say to somebody, would you like to know the real reason of Christmas? Because a lot of people think, yeah, it's presents and friends. I, I watch some of these shows and some of these movies, and they'll say, what does Christmas mean to you? Oh, Christmas means to me that everybody's happy and together. And what is Christmas? Christmas is when everybody forgives one another. Everybody gets... No, Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about the Savior. Christmas is that there is a Savior who has been born into this world, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again. Christmas is all about the person of Jesus Christ, who is the Savior, and whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is about. The baby born in Bethlehem is the Savior of the world. May we not only trust in Jesus as Savior, but may we proclaim the good news, great joy to all people, to our world.